You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 32. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! Hey! Hello! Good. In three different countries again. Oh, yes. Uh, I am in Croatia. Croatia. Believe it or not. I am uh. in England. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's not very interesting. No. We are in neighboring countries right now because I'm back in Hungary now. Yay! Oh, really? Does Hungary have a, a border to Croatia? I didn't really know. Absolutely, it does. Fine. All right. Maybe I can wave to you across the border. Yeah, it's about a 400-kilometer border. Yeah. Yeah. Croatia is a fantastic country, I think, when they'll get finished with it. <laughs> because it seems like they're building everywhere. But I'm sure it will be fine when they do it. But you know, you know what? It's been going on for for like fifteen years. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. I, I'm I'm at a marvelous place. Uh, at the hotel, the beaches are fine. The the food is excellent, and the people are nice. So nothing bad about Croatia. It's a good country. And don't forget that they had to basically rebuild the whole country. Oh yeah. After oh, the yeah. beginning of the nineties, and now now it's it's like a paradise for all the tourists mm-hmm. around the uh, Dalmatian shores. Oh yeah. Where where you are now, right? Which is where I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Do you find it very desert-like, or do you do you find it very uh, rocky? The area. It's very rocky. You know, lots of mountains and uh, and hills, and you have to climb all the time up and down. But the beaches are lovely, and the water is fantastic. It's clear. It's it's this funny kind of blue, which is just fantastic. So uh, the the it, it's actually very very beautiful. Yeah. Do you know that it used to be it used to be full of trees and forests? Mm, no, I don't know. I, I had nothing to do with it. I, I left it as I Venice does. <laughs> um, the Republic of Venice. That 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 was the one responsible for ah, okay. for so, getting rid of all the all the forests. That was a while. It was a while ago. You mean? Yeah, yeah. A couple of hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So I I hope you're having a good time. So since since you're on holiday, we don't want to keep you back from your fun mm-hmm. uh, too long. But mm-hmm. um, there are a few things I'd, I'd like to mention here. Um, we got some nice feedback. Do you remember, Yelena, uh, that you were scared? Well, I wasn't the only one. But it's a very touchy topic. and um, It is. I, yeah, I, I wasn't sure how our listeners will take it. And I think it's good to have that kind of feedback. So... Yeah, this is when we talked about being politically correct, right? Yeah, politically yeah. correct. Fa- yeah, PC fallacy. Um, mm. So the feedback was that um, our listener enjoyed the, the backwards and forwards between all three of us because I think we all have slightly, maybe different view on the PC position. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is a, there are points at which we kind of agree with each other. I do like um, a bit of a debate from time to time. Mm-hmm. I kind of kind of need it, so um, I I really enjoyed it, and if if our listeners did enjoy it too, then um, all the, all the, all the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we make some some terrible arguments, any of us, just uh, let us know. 
Let us know where we went wrong and we will uh, take it under consideration. We've got no problems admitting that we were, we were wrong. Sorry, I shall take that back. I'll talk for myself. I've got no problems in saying that I was wrong. I second wrong. that. <laughs> I second that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm happy to be wrong or happen to be corrected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not. I think this is how one learns by making. It's not what makes you happy being wrong. It's it's what makes you happy. Then, <laughs> okay, I corrected one of my mistakes. Then let's move on. <laughs> yeah. That's how you develop. By the way, being wrong, I um, came across an interesting link on the Gwup blog, the German skeptic blog. Um, they recommended a pseudoscience quiz that apparently someone translated from English into German and put it on zoo.com. Um, I believe the original might have been the English one, but I'm not sure because I couldn't find a date associated with them, so it's hard to tell. Um, but I, I found the English version on howstuffworks.com, which is a great website, by the way. Mm-hmm. So about this quiz, it's basically a series of questions covering a wide range of misconceptions common beliefs etc uh highly recommended to skeptics and geeks um i also heard about it from a, from a member of the hungarian skeptic society uh who lives in austria and found the quiz on facebook he he jumped right onto it and provided a hungarian translation very quickly so that's why i thought it might be a good idea to draw everyone's attention to it so so that other translations can be provided and shared among our own national audiences yeah sure um and if the listeners you decide to go for it it would probably make sense to send us a link so that we see how many countries are using it you could even make an online survey out of it the, the the results of which might provide some useful insight as to how people think about these topics. I don't know. I I, I know it's probably not going to be representative to the population in your country at large, but but with well well formed questions regarding social status and educational levels or whatnot, it could be useful and and worth sharing with others. I believe. Um, so this could be yet another little international project, if you like. Um, it's a pseudoscience quiz. And if you're interested, you'll find the link the link on the show notes. Just one more thing that I wanted to mention on the last episode, and I forgot to do that. It's the one of the Spanish uh, skeptical organizations uh, who's running this website, escepticos.es. And... They very nicely promoted our podcast on the website. Yeah. It's a very uh, very kindly written promotion about us. So we'd like to thank you guys for that. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it greatly. Yeah. And to return the favor somewhat, um, I'd like to let the audience know that uh, there is a new El Esceptico number out. It's fresh out of the press. Uh, it's number 44. It's, um, it's a new issue. And um, I'll add the link to the, um, to the show notes as well. And there are former issues. I'm, I believe this uh, for an issue 44 is not available online yet. But if it goes as uh, it went with uh, the former issues, you can find the former issues um, on the website. And uh, the, link, the link will be provided. So thank you very much again to ARPSAPC, uh, the, the Spanish one of the Spanish uh, skeptical organizations. All right, um, 
shall we start the show? Yay! Absolutely. Yay. Cool. Let's get down to events. Apparently, Italian and Spanish skeptics in the pub event are um, having a summer break. So if you, dear listeners, will um, find that this is yet again a very UK-heavy week that, that, that is coming up, um, it's because um, other, other places where we usually promote uh, events from are having a summer break. And that was announced on uh, Skeptic- the Skepticos website as well. And uh, the other thing is just um, just a guess, a wild guess, but probably has something to do with these countries being on the Mediterranean and being heavily flooded by by uh, tourists mm-hmm. this time of the year. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. And this is this is probably why that um, the UK doesn't have anything anything like that. Um, who cares? The weather the weather sucks. <laughs> uh, people not, cannot do anything Can else. Still be skeptical. Yeah, still be yeah. skeptical. Yeah, go go to skeptics in the pub event. So on twenty fifth of July there will be Sheffield skeptics in the pub, and the subject is a long term illness, postmodern uh, medical nemesis, mm-hmm. with Nick Reed. Uh, Dr. Nick Reed himself is a retired gastroenterologist, physiologist, and nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And um, so he'll be giving a talk. Good. And at the same time, on Monday the 25th, uh, in New York, which is up in the north of England, it's um, How to Predict the Future Better Than a Psychic or a Spy. The the speaker is Michael Story, and the story is actually very interesting. Um, it it t- talks about a um, um, bunch of civilians um, predicting the future with very high accuracy, and um, he's going to tell the audience about a few tricks um, and and techniques that can help with that. On the following day, on Tuesday, the twenty sixth, uh, in Manchester, there is a skeptic in the pub called Standing Up for Evidence and Reason in Europe. Mm. Same day, 26th of July, there'll be Cambridge Skeptics in the pub. And the theme is how to be a psychic conman, um, reading the crystal balls with Ash Price. That's a tour, right? That's not the first time we're mentioning mm-hmm. that event. And I think exactly. it might be the case with the other one um, at Cheltenham Skeptics in the pub. Uh, the talk is not bearing the title of the book that uh, Kat Arney published a few months ago, but she's going to be the speaker, and the talk is titled What's Inside Your Genes? So I'm pretty sure that it's going to be about, or at least partially, about the book uh, Herding Hemingway's Cat. But uh, when she talks about genes and genetics, it's fascinating. She's a very good speaker, and um, people can know her from uh, the Naked Genetics podcast and the Naked Scientist podcast, where she's running, actually, she's running um, a kind of a skeptical um, column titled Myth Conceptions. That's why I'm I'm now struggling with uh, pronouncing the word misconceptions, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, she twisted that uh, for the show Naked Scientists to Myth Conceptions. Oh, by the way, on the same day, now that we mentioned uh, the sun not shining that much in the UK, well, there is one place in the UK where it is not necessarily the case. 
that is Brighton. You know, bright on. Oh, and, uh, Jesus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, one of the Brighton Humanists in the Pub events, I met these guys who are actually running Brighton Skeptics in the Cafe. Only started recently, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, now they're going to be talking about Terror. An audience with Scylla Conway. Mm. Um, interesting. Mm. Terror is something I don't know anything about. No. Did, I, did I not tell you that I actually designed a tarot card deck not so long ago? So that's maybe a, a strange pastime for, for a skeptic, but yeah. I, I did it anyway. Yelena, do you, do you have a nice recommendation to replace uh, Pontus? <laughs> <laughs> well... Not to worry. I don't think you can you can read people's fortunes in tarot cards. This was uh, uh, fully uh, uh, an art project, not a, uh, a woo project. And by the way, you can actually play cards with tarot cards as well. There are s- several uh, games you can play, just like you play poker or anything else. Or what? Like uh, I don't know, role playing or what? No, 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 no. Like you play, with, like with normal playing cards. A normal a car play. So, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. But you have to, you know, you have to keep track of seventy-eight cards instead of the normal fifty-two. <laughs> okay. So on Wednesday, July twenty-seventh in Bristol, there's a skeptics in the pub talk. Ask for evidence with sense about science. So this is a campaign we've talked uh, about quite a lot before, and we do support it heavily. Uh, and the talk is by Leah Fitzsimmons. 28th of July, there will be a Winchester Skeptics in the Pub, and uh, the talk theme is The Scientific Secrets of Doctor Who, uh, with Simon Guerrier and, and Dr. Marek Kukula. So this is going to be a talk about how scientific is Doctor Who, and uh, how close they follow the science, and also how close... It has often come to predicting future scientific discoveries. Um, the fans of Doctor Who will know that that show goes way back, uh, years and years before any special effects were invented and they were already pushing the boundaries. You know when it started? No, I don't. Like, it's it's 1960s or 50s. Yes, it's 1960s. I think Doctor Who is the longest running series in the history of television. Yeah, I think it must be. It's been forever, yeah. Yeah, at at some point I started to to watch uh, some of the early episodes. Mm. I gave it up, <laughs> so it it was terrible. It was terrible. The idea was okay, but you know it's not easy to watch that. You know we're so yes, mm. Yalana, you mentioned the special effect. Mm. Without those, mm. come on, it's yeah, it's a bit. Even Star Trek original series, it's difficult to watch. I've I've tried to watch an episode of Doctor Who when it was black and white. It did not go well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. oh, well. It was really painful. It was like really slow and there were these tin foiled creatures there. I'm like, no, it's yeah. not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not okay. But it was back then, it was huge. It was it was something something very unique. And uh it's it lives on. It lives on. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, let's move on to our interview with uh, the leader of Glasgow Skeptics, Brian Ego. Yay, Eggman. 
On every other episode, we interview someone who represents a skeptical organization, group or project, either from a certain European country or stretching across borders. Today, we have here with us Brian Ago from Scotland. Eggman, as he's known to many, is an educational consultant in his professional life, but is the leader of Glasgow Skeptics, organizer of Glasgow Skeptics in the Pub, an event we often mention on our rounds, and the chief organizer of Skeptic Ailey. Eggman, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. That's the best introduction I've ever had. But probably the only introduction, but uh, that was spectacular. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, it seems to be very much of a good work that you're doing as an organizer uh, around the Glasgow area. Do you have a nice Celtic name to call Scottish skeptics with? <laughs> If you're asking me to say anything in Gaelic, I'm afraid the answer is no. No. Um, my linguistic skills are are stuck with um, English with a Scottish accent and some really bad French. All right then. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, it's all right. <laughs> I guess. Um, is there a Scottish organisation uh, per se, or there are uh, scattered uh, smaller organisations around Scotland? You seem to work a lot with uh, Edinburgh Skeptics, for example, together. Um, um, so how, how should we try to imagine how Scottish Skeptics work? Okay, so there there is no official organisation, um, but we, we have Skeptics in the pub organisations in Glasgow and Edinburgh and Dundee and Aberdeen. And we have a, a beautiful symbiotic relationship uh, where we share good ideas and best practices. Now, in, in practice... The Edinburgh Skeptics are, are probably the most established and, and, and I guess, best organised. Um, and after I took over the running of Glasgow Skeptics, um, a lot of the, the ideas and certainly a lot of the speakers that, uh, that I got to come to Glasgow were um, shamelessly stolen from my good friends over in Edinburgh. So I do owe <laughs> them a gratitude of thanks for that. It's <laughs> cool. So, so is the, the uh, Glasgow Skeptics an official organization, a non-profit organization, or is it just a loose gang of people getting together? Yeah, um, it's it's a loose gang of people. Um, I think we we used to call ourselves a non-profit organization, but um, but you know that's that's a more kind of a should we say official term. So we describe ourselves now as a non-commercial organization. Um, we we don't have a committee. We don't have uh, we don't have a constitution. Uh, anything like that. It's it's really just me and and, and a couple of my fellow volunteers who um, who do the organizing and the running of events and. Events very um, unofficial manner but it's working very nicely for us at the moment we are incredibly busy so um, I would just like to bring the skeptic Ali um, how tell us how did this event go because we've advertised it here and um, I would haven't actually had a chance to catch up with you about it just tell us a little bit of uh, whether it was successful or you know how many people came etc I would certainly describe the event as a success. I think we had about 80 people there and, and you know in order to drag people out of their bed on a on a Saturday morning in in Glasgow is not an easy thing to do um and keep them um entertained in a lecture theater for uh, for 6 or 7 hours was hard going. Um so the the event itself actually um came up 
through uh, the the previous um, organiser of Glasgow Skeptics, uh, the wonderful Ian Scott, who um, set up the group and ran it pretty much single-handedly for five years. Um, he, uh, just before he, he moved down to London uh, for employment purposes, had, had booked up a couple of uh, speakers to come and speak for us on a weekend slot, which is very unusual. Um, so... Uh, and he had run a similar event, I think, about three or four years ago, not long after Glasgow Skeptics, say, you know, first came to be. So he had it in his head to run this type of event, and then had to move on due to work purposes, and 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 sort of left me and the other guys holding the baby in the nicest possible way. But we decided at that point, well, look, we've got a couple of speakers booked already. Let's let's try and fill up a lineup and and get ourselves a full day going on. So. I would describe it as a mini conference. Um, it was, uh, I'd say, it was a success. As I say, we had good numbers there. Um, we had some great speakers, and we had a fine evening out at the pub afterwards, which uh, which helped me kind of um, unwind and relax. So it, it was a lot of work putting it on. Um, we are starting to scratch our heads and decide whether we want to do something similar again next year or not. And um, we'll probably be making a decision on that in a couple of months' time. All right, because that was my f- next question, you know, whether the Skeptically will uh, be put on next year again. So, But I guess, like you said, it's a lot of work and maybe if, if there's enough f- <laughs> goodwill, then <laughs> it might happen. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, we we ran the event at at a loss. Um, we we tried to make the ticket price as cheap as possible, and we had a accommod- um, venue costs to pay and travel and accommodation to pay as well. So we'd been saving up our donations, which we had on our regular Monday night talks, to pay for that, and that worked quite nicely. But we we're actually um, incredibly busy on our Monday night talks at the moment, um, and and that may be the way forward for us. Our sort of mission at Glasgow Skeptics is to try and have some kind of activity going on every single Monday night. So it's the, the least used hashtag on Twitter is hashtag Monday night is skeptic night. Um, I tend to throw that in at the, the end of our email newsletters and when we tweet about our events. Um, and, and it's really what we're working towards. Now that could be regular kind of skeptics in the pub speaker talks, or it could be social, or there are a couple of other organisations who run events that we try and either support or at least promote to get people going on. So, you know, for a, any of the listeners of the ESP podcast, if you happen to be in Glasgow on a Monday night, um, it is very unlikely you will have anything better to do than to come to Glasgow Skeptics and join us with whatever we're doing. <laughs> but you, you do seem to, to do these very frequent, frequently. So I wanted to ask you if you have any tips for people who want to put together uh, Skeptics in the pub. How do you get all the speakers to come? How do you find speakers? We are, we are very fortunate insofar as, you know, in in central scotland there are a lot of academic institutions the universities of glasgow and uh, and over in uh, edinburgh as well um with you know a vast number of academics who are always willing and able to do science outreach um on top of that we've already spoken about how much i tend to steal speakers from edinburgh skeptics there is also a, a couple of other um organizations there's cafe c on tfik 
um, who actually run Monday night events as well once a month and we tend to promote their events and get our audience along to them and also if we, we look on Facebook um, for you know other kind of uh, should we say science related groups in this in, in Scotland or central Scotland or the Glasgow area and, and that's a good way of putting a call out so um, if, if anybody is thinking of kind of starting up or running a Skeptics in the Pub event what I would say to you is sniff around the academic institutions, look on the, your local news for, for any articles of interest, uh, and it's a good way to get in contact with people, and have a sniff around um, social media as well. Plenty of people are tweeting um, uh, or, or Facebooking or Instagramming um, about things that are of interest to, to, to us in the realms of science and scepticism. So put your feelers out, ask friends, ask people in the know, and you'll get there eventually. You haven't really mentioned what the, the usual turnout is. Um, and was that community of of the attendee uh, the attendees of of the 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 weekly monday talks uh was the basis for for skeptically um or or could you could you reach out for more people than that Usually on a Monday night, uh, depends on the speaker, depends what else is happening in the city that night, but we, we'll get anywhere between uh, 30 and up to 100 or more people. Um, so, but On a Monday night? I told you there's nothing better to do. So, you know, <laughs> come, you know pe people come, uh, come to see our events. Yeah, uh, but, you know, on average, I'd say we're, we're sort of around the 40 to 50 mark. Um, all been well as long as we set up our events early enough and we promote them um, so we we promote through facebook and we promote through twitter and we usually create event break entries as well um if you are ever interested in in knowing how to kind of market your events um uh, better um david frank from edinburgh skeptics uh, he works in marketing uh, and is a real guru of the subject he ran a workshop that i went along to and got some some great tips along there um so yeah, a regular audience was the basis for the audience um, uh, of the Skeptic Alley, but you know, because it was a special event, we managed to reach out a bit further, promoted through fine podcasts such as yours, um, and, and asked a, a lot of our, our regulars to kind of um, mention it to friends who might be interested in such like. So uh, y using a little bit of word by mouth, I think, um, is, a, is a good thing as well as the usual kind of um, social media channels. That sounds super cool. Um, Brian, can you tell us how you discovered the skeptics movement and why did you decide to get involved? Uh, okay, so um, I guess it goes back to when I first met my uh, fiance, um, or girlfriend at the time. So uh, that was, uh, I guess, about four, four and a half, five years ago now. Uh, and and at the time, I was uh, uh, an angry atheist. Um, as as all atheists should be, there's plenty to be angry about, and my my podcast listening habits were all um, along along the lines of atheism and such like. So the, you know the thinking atheist podcast, the scathing atheist, that sort of thing. Um, but when I met Laura, she uh, she was already a keen listener to podcasts like Skeptics with a K um, and the Reality Check and such like. So it was her that kind of turned my turned my eye towards the the wonderful world of skepticism. So um, Skeptics with a K was was the first kind of skeptical podcast I listened to, and I was pretty much hooked from the start. Um, it 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 ticks a lot of um, 
a lot of the right boxes for me because it's it's pitched at a good level. Um, me not being a, a, an academic, um, there's there's a good bit of banter going on, so it's, it and it's light-hearted, um, but I think the content is excellent as well. And it was nice to be able to find out that you could um, apply the 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 same type of um, logic and arguments I would be making when arguing with uh, creationists online, which is which is a fruitless task, by the way, um, in in all sorts of other walks of life. So um, so that turned me on to the world of scepticism, and then from there we we found out that there was a, a skeptics in the pub in in Glasgow, and just started going along from there, and uh, we've been uh, sliding downhill ever since. <laughs> If you're uh, talking about um, um, sliding down, a couple of weeks ago when you appeared on a, a very good sceptical show, uh, Incredulous. <laughs> we actually had a visit um, from the um, the people sceptic that I've now dubbed him, Andy Wilson from Incredulous. He yeah. happened to be up in Scotland on business and he um, uh, decided to, to come along to our Skeptics in the Pub event a week ago on Monday there. So um, it was very nice to have... Uh, what I would describe as sceptical royalty um, along uh, at one of our Monday night <laughs> events. So we we dragged him up onto the stage to um, to to do a little bit of promotion work for QED, which he was more than happy mm-hmm. to do. So that was fun. Yeah, it must be the first and only time that Andy Wilson is described as royalty. <laughs> yeah, I, he seemed to be very... Uh, uh, what's the opposite of flattered? I don't know. He, he wasn't impressed by that, but, uh, you know, I, I think the... The name should stick. Make sure you use that when you see him in October, okay? <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll address him as he, Your Highness. Yeah. Your Highness. Yes. yes, that's what we're going to call Andy. Mm. Your Highness. <laughs> it's going to piss him off big time, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. But, uh, you know, I, I love listening to the way he laughs uh, on the show. And... And you made him laugh <laughs> so many times during the show. He does have an amazing laugh, doesn't he? It yeah. sounds like uh, it's it sounds like Muttley, you know, off of uh, the cartoon. I think yeah. uh, dastardly. And, yeah. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. So, or, like you know, Muttley, who's um, developed a really bad smoking habit. I think yeah. uh, that's pretty much what Andy's laugh sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andy's a cool guy. And um, what the, the the work they're doing with uh, with QED, it's just amazing. Are you coming down to QED? I mean, by down, I mean from from Scotland to good old England. Yes, indeed, I am. Um, I've I've been to QED for the past uh, two years. So mm-hmm. I we, we've probably passed each other in a corridor somewhere or sat yeah. close ah, to each yeah. other in a in a lecture room. Um, so now we get to meet for proper. But yes, I, absolutely, I will be going to QED. It's a a fantastic conference, and having a re, having set up and organised a very very small mini conference myself, I've got added respect for the work that uh, that the Merseyside and the Manchester Skeptics go to in order to put on QED because it's it's huge. Um, uh, and and the logistics must be an absolute nightmare for them. So uh, I'll appreciate it all the more this year, I think. Excellent. We're looking forward to meeting you. (laughs) Yeah, likewise. Absolutely. And this time it won't happen that we're just passing in front of each other. I promise. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure you guys are on the long list of people who I promised to buy a pint at QED for. Um, So... 
Um, yeah, just w- with regards to that, I'm I'm going to sound like one of the Leave campaigners here and say, you know, that was a promise I maybe shouldn't have made. Going by the 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 cost of drinks in the, in the hotels in Manchester, I'm not sure my budget will stretch to that. But I I will be the guy wearing a big baggy jacket with lots of smuggled cans of room temperature cheap lager. <laughs> so uh, you guys are welcome to have one of those, okay? Yeah, we have it on tape now. So. <laughs> okay, that sounds awesome. You know, I just talking to that guy. Uh, it it is it is a great thing in itself. So, I I think we can even do it without the beer. So perfect, and and I we've just, got that uh, on tape as well. We don't want to you to go bankrupt over this. Thank you. What's your view on international collaboration between the different skeptical movements? They are very localized, even within certain countries. They are very fragmented, but. How do you see international collaboration in the skeptics movement? Well, I, I think it helps to have, um, should we say, some some guidance with regards to, to international collaboration. And, and we've seen that happen from, from time to time before. Uh, if you look at the 1023 campaign, um, that, that was, uh, I guess, should we say, masterminded by... Um, uh, the Merseyside case. Um, we've seen that it is possible to to sort of mobilise um, people across um, across borders to to take act to take sceptical action. So, um, but it's it's the sort of thing that that appears not to happen um, unless there is a focal point to to orchestrate it, which um, which I think um, makes the the presence of um, an organisation like the Good Thinking Society, um, all the more important. Um, there's been certainly a couple of occasions where where Marsh uh, has has put out a call to to sceptics across Europe and wider to um, sign petitions or do this, that, and the other thing. Uh, you know, we we in, in Glasgow um, tend to only leap into action when somebody gives us a nudge to do so, and I would imagine that's the same elsewhere. But in in a general sense, though, um, I, I think um, skeptics and the pub organisers are always more than helpful to uh, more than ready, sorry, to help out um, other people with with advice and such like when when it's required. And that's why um, I invited the three of you guys into the the skeptics and the pub organisers group because there's a lot of good chat and dialogue that goes in there. Even just like silly things like, hey, what type of projector do do people use, and you know, what do you do during the breaks? Um, how do you collect your donations? Um, where do you find your speakers? And uh, you know, a, a lot of the the discussion that goes on in that group as well is about, you know, hey, we had person X coming to speak for us, and they were very good, and they're based in this location, and so on and so forth. Um, so, um, so I, I would certainly invite anyone, you know, of the listeners, particularly um, across the continent, um, to to join that that particular Facebook group if you haven't already done so. Um, if you need to be invited in, then you can contact me. Um, and I'll do the I'll do the business for you, Brian.ego at GlasgowSkeptics.com, um, and of course as well, it definitely helps to have a podcast that is specifically dedicated to um, informing people of what's going on in, in scepticism around Europe. So, you know, as I said yeah. in the preamble before we started recording, guys, I think the, the work that you're doing um, to put together and run this podcast um, deserves a lot of applause. 
So I'm going to give you some polite, mm. polite applause, not too loud, so that I don't, um, you know, <laughs> overload my microphone. This is a sort of polite. Yeah, thank you. Very, is that polite? Very kind of you. Polite golf clap from me there for you. Okay. <laughs> That's very kind of you, really. I, I'd like to encourage everyone listening to this to find Eggman or Brian Ego. Yeah, the best way to could, to contact you would be to, to send you a friend request on Facebook and and then you can um, put them straight away into the group. Yeah, and it means uh, I can yeah. subject you to my terrible jokes on Facebook as well. So it's a double bonus. Oh, yeah. Before we uh, leave the international thing, we can't... You can't uh, talk to somebody in Scotland without mentioning Brexit, and and uh, so how, how's the how's the discussions going in the Glasgow Skeptics account around Brexit? Are you going to stay in the EU, or do you want to leave the UK and go to EU? What, what's the deal there? <laughs> okay, so um, from all of my friends and colleagues and attendees of Glasgow Skeptics, um, you know. Uh, pretty much everybody I spoke to before the referendum were were very much in the Remain camp, um, uh, and as you can imagine, um, you know after the the, the unfortunate um, result of the referendum, there's there's a lot of unhappy people in in the Glasgow Skeptics audience at the moment. Now, um, I, I guess the the polls in Scotland. Would reflect that that's generally the case. I think it was uh, it was uh, sixty forty in in favour of Remain in Scotland. So um, there there's a lot of unhappy people, and um, you know if you if you add to that all of the unhappy people we had a couple of years ago with the Scottish referendum, um, it it doesn't make for a good uh, a good feeling. Now, with with regards to actually what's going to happen. Um, I, you know, from from what we've seen in the news, um, there there's a lot of um, uncertainty and doubt as to um, whether Scotland uh, has the power to even attempt to veto the Brexit decision, um, whether we have got enough momentum to force a, a second referendum, um, uh, and such like. So I, I think it's way too early to. Um, to figure out exactly what's going to happen in in this lovely country of mine, um, I guess we've just got to sit back at the moment and cross our fingers and hope things don't crumble into dust between now and then. Yeah, guess so. Yeah, but and you you even dedicated an event to to this particular topic, right? Um, as far as I can remember. Uh, you remember correctly, and and you know it's uh, I I I think I mentioned this on on the aforementioned skeptics and the pub organizers group. Um, there there are a lot of skeptic groups out there who uh, will um, make a conscious decision to avoid um, avoid politics, which is um, not necessarily a bad life decision. Um, politics can be boring and depressing in equal measures, but. Um, you know, of of all things that deserve the sceptical eye, uh, I, I think politics is one of them. And Definitely. Certainly in Scotland, uh, after the Scottish referendum, um, we uh, are and and in the run up to the Scottish referendum, there there was you know the the one good thing we can take away from from the Scottish referendum and the and the, the European referendum is it has energised a lot of people to take an interest in what's happening in their country. Now. The the unfortunate side effect of that, um, you know, if you are if you watch the news or you're on Facebook or you're on Twitter, is 
you will see um, that a lot of people um, have got preconceived ideas as to um, who they're going to vote for and what side of the fence they sit on. Um, so I think it's important for any sceptical organisation to try and um, cast a, a, a critical eye on um, on the claims of the various parties involved. So, um, you know, before the, the Scottish referendum, we had a huge um, debate. Um, it was the, uh, let, let me get this right, it was the largest non-televised debate on the Scottish referendum. And then we had like, nearly 400 people in, in the Mitchell Theatre in Glasgow for that. Um, and, uh, you know, before um, before the EU ref, we, we just had a regular kind of sceptics in the pub night, um, and and we had a little debate, and we had our biggest audience of the year. We, we had to actually close down the Eventbrite to stop more people turning up. Um, wow! So it's a great it's a great way of getting new people in the door and 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 kind of promoting the the concept of skepticism to them and maybe getting them to come back to some of your regular talks. Um, and on top of that as well, you know we we tried to do it slightly differently. We had um, we had people from the the Remain and the Leave side um, on the panel, and we had the usual debate format and questions from the audience. But we also had um, some very dedicated members of our volunteer team and some flip chart boards uh, and some laptops who were um, frantically scribbling down some claims, any claims being made by any of the panellists and trying to fact check them. Um, and I think it had a real positive effect. There was a lot of good buzz going on around the, the, the fact checking boards we had. And I think it made the panellists think twice before they um, threw out a sound debate um, or, or that. So, um, you know, in that respect, um, I, I would certainly say that, um, that, that that we helped to to try and bring a little bit of rationalism to an otherwise very irrational debate. Mm -hmm. That should have been the case uh, all over the country. <laughs> uh, yeah, without a doubt. But um, can you mention a few things, a few arguments that that are worth m mentioning or talking about from a sceptical point of view? Well, uh, well, I tell you what. Um, rather than me trying to troll through my my um, very poor little brain um, for for specifics that went on during that debate, um, if you guys have listened to the 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 most recent episode of Skeptics with a K, um, mm -hmm. I think Marsh went into some some great. Uh, slightly vitriolic detail uh, about yeah. some of the claims made by the Remain camp and and uh, excuse me, some of the claims made by the Leave camp and and also some of the failings of the Remain camp there and and I, and I think um, uh, it was a it was a very passionate analysis um, with a, a reasonable attempt at balance, but certainly looking at those claims. So um, maybe better um, you know jumping back to that last episode of Skeptics with a K rather than listening to a rambling Scotsman. I think that's a very good recommendation because because uh, that episode of Skeptics with a K was really really good in in analyzing or trying to analyze the the the, the problem. What mistakes were made on both sides. Uh, yeah, that's ah, that's a very good recommendation, and I second that. Cool. But talking about different topics that that could be of interest to skeptics, 
Uh, are there any typically Scottish topics apart from the Loch Ness monster and some haunted houses uh, that <laughs> that are worth mentioning? Oh wow! Well, I, I suppose um, the Loch Ness monster is um, is is one of the things that pops into people's head when they when they think about Scotland. So um, we we have done a couple of talks on on cryptozoology in the past, but otherwise um, the 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 focus of our events are. Um, relatively similar to what you see elsewhere in the country. Mm-hmm. So it's it's mainly alternative medicine, and and that that I I suppose then is the main focus these days because that's probably the most prominent topic all or all across the world for, for skeptics. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, not announced yet on our Facebook page, but we do have a uh, Heather Pentler from Edinburgh Skeptics uh, coming to speak for us in uh, September, and her talk is how Alt Med tried to kill me. Um, she's already done the talk for Edinburgh, and I think she did it in Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. So we're very excited to hear about that. And what about the haunted houses um, and and ghost stories and and stuff like that? Because that's that's another thing that that probably comes to the mind when when we think of Scotland uh, with the big old houses with the, with all those castles and and everything. Um, is it is it still big as a topic? Uh, is it is it still circulating or it's just just a thing of the past? It's it's circulating for t- for um for tourism reasons only so you know uh, okay. any old pub or house or you know whatever that you um you happen to drop into when you're in the country will probably claim to be the most haunted uh you know location <laughs> in in Scotland there is like a, like a really cool um place up on um up towards the north end of Loch Lomond called the Drovers Inn which which does particularly make that claim and they've got absolutely no need to make that claim because it is a killer place to go it's beautiful surroundings it's a great building the food's wonderful uh, and it's sometimes slightly disappointing that they um they they try and rely on on the woo side of things but um you know we are um we are looking to have um the uh, I guess relatively well known um, skeptical paranormal investigator Haley Stevens uh, come up to speak for us. Yeah. Um, my fingers are crossed um, that we're gonna uh, we're gonna get her up on a on Halloween because that happens to fall Ooh. on a Monday night. So uh, again, oh, that's another exclusive for ESP listeners. Although we haven't fully nailed it down yet, but it, it's looking good. And mentioning Haley Stevens, I think it's been going on for a couple of years now that every year she's starting a campaign to to help people with uh, financial difficulties to get to QED. Is it still going on? Uh, yes, uh, she is doing it again this year. I've seen a couple of posts about it. I think we may have shared a couple of them on our Facebook page as oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely on. And, um, uh, and so I guess for, for ESP listeners, well... Um, you know, if you can throw a couple of pounds in that direction, then you may well be able to help somebody who's um, a little bit skint, as we say in Scotland, uh, get themselves to, to QED. So, Brian, where can people find you, skeptics can find you online, uh, how they can get in touch with the um, Glasgow Skeptics? Uh, you can go to glasgowskeptics.com. 
and you will see links there if you want to join our mailing list, if you want to go to our Facebook page or you want to go to Twitter, you can get us all from GlasgowSkeptics.com. But, you know, as I said, um, we're nice and easy to find and I'm nice and easy to find as well. So, um, you know, feel free to make yourself known to us. I think I'm the only Brian Ego on the planet. I ha- I am egotistic enough or egotistic enough to Google my name and there's no other Brian Egos out there, okay? So <laughs> seek and ye shall find people. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you. So thanks very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been great speaking to you guys and, and again, you know, keep up the good work. Uh, the same goes to you. Keep up the good work as an organiser and uh absolutely we'll keep reporting and uh, we'll keep promoting your events and uh yeah looking forward to meeting you all right guys hey thanks so much it's been a blast yeah thank you thanks a lot bye bye thanks yeah, so bye. much Cheers. bye-bye two more things before um before we leave one of them is the john maddox prize nominations because the time is almost up for nominations. So if anyone, um, any one of our listeners have somebody in mind to nominate for the John Maddox Prize, of course, we all know the John Maddox Prize is for standing up for science against all odds, uh, against harsh criticism from the pseudoscientists and, and stuff like that. So if you have someone in your country, they don't have to be uh, from an English-speaking country, if someone from your country you think deserves the prize because they fight for science and they get a fair share of the of the criticism for it uh, from the other side, please nominate them. And uh, you'll find the link on, uh, on the show notes and you can follow the link to go through the nomination process. And it first it starts with a nomination and then uh there will be a committee convened by the by sense about science and uh, they will decide on the nominees so it's the deadline is august the 1st 2016 so you still have time but not much of it and the other thing is because of a deadline that i want to mention it's uh Parlare in Publico is the title, uh, and it's it's um, a workshop, uh, a free workshop in Italy, in Varzi, which is in the province of Pavia, in Lombardy, uh, Lombardia, uh, offered by Massimo Polidoro. It's a free free event, and it's about talking in public. It's it's about how, what mistakes you can make as a, as a beginner and how you can work on it, and how you can become a better communicator. And especially when it comes to communicating science, uh, then those skills really matter. So you you should really, um, if, if you speak Italian, of course, uh, you should really register and, and uh, attend the event. And uh, the deadline is the 31st of July, so... You don't have much time here either. All right. Please feel free to contact us if you have something to share with us. If you have events in your mind to to let us know about. Or you just want to criticize us for uh, for our arguments or something. 
You can find us on Twitter. Uh, our handle is at espodcast underscore you. You can email us info at the ESP dot you. You can go on to our website, which is the ESP dot you and complete the contact form. And you can like us on Facebook. Or you can um, express how much you like us on iTunes in the form of a nice review or a couple of stars. Probably more than four. <laughs> Hopefully. Good. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure doing this again. Thanks very much for joining me, Yelena and Pontus. Thank you. Thanks, Andres and Pontus and everybody. Pontus, have fun in Croatia. <laughs> I will. I will. Oh, by the way, next week I'm going to be in Venice, Italy. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. hoping to be able to meet up with uh, some local skeptics. But uh, I, yeah, I I did post it uh, on Twitter. No replies yet, but I won't give it up. So, yeah, hope to be able to meet them. Talk to you next time. That is next week. All right, next week. Yes. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Take care. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rob and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. You're listening. Hey up. What the fuck? <laughs> I feel like saying hey up. I don't even know. It's like a Yorkshire yeah. thing. Hey up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's on Monday. That's that's <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just gonna dive right in. Oh, good. Theme is the scientific secrets of Doctor Who, uh, with Simon Guerrier and Doctor Marek Kuku. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> and, and Doctor Who? <laughs> Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> so bad with Sam okay. uh, Guerrier and Dr. Marek Kukula. <laughs>